With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, everybody. Hope you are doing well. This is Future Brew, Michigan football and basketball recruiting podcast here on SB Nation's Maze and Brew. My name is Vaughn Lozon. Joining me today, as always, is my good friend, John Simmons. John, how you doing? You guys uh, holding up okay over there in New York? Yep, still doing well out here, I'd say. I'm glad that it was another pretty eventful week in Michigan recruiting. Yeah, that's like the one thing, one few thing, or one of the few things actually that for me is uh, getting me up every day out of bed is just seeing all these updates. And even though there haven't really been a ton of uh, recruiting updates since kids can't visit and things along those lines. There's still stuff going on. And uh, and definitely one of the things that I look forward to just seeing more news and notes on recruiting and things in general like that. So uh, without further ado, let's just get to it. I mean, just in this past week alone, Michigan picked up a few commits in the 2021 class on the gridiron. Uh, Most notably, Lewis Hansen, the four-star tight end out of Massachusetts. He committed on April 2nd, and then just a day later came a commit that I don't think any of us really saw coming. Uh, Inside linebacker Casey Finney, who is also out of Massachusetts, plays at a different high school, but uh, he is, uh, I think he's in the top 1,000, which uh, is, is about... Uh, 1,002 is what the uh, composite has him at currently. He was at 1,000 when he committed last week, but now at 1,002. So there you go. And then also, we don't, you know, we don't get too crazy about 
specialists committing on scholarship. But Tommy Doman, he is a punter and kicker from West Bloomfield, Michigan. He announced his commitment on the second as well. So uh, Michigan locking in their specialist for the 2021 class. So, I mean, just starting off with Lewis Hansen, though, uh, real good prospect. He's a four-star kid, uh, a number 187 overall on the composite. He's a six, four and a half, 222 out of uh, Needham, Massachusetts. Real, real talented player, a willing blocker, uh, pretty good on the route running as well from what I've seen on the tape. John, what do you like out of him? And uh, I mean, clearly a pretty big pickup considering Michigan's going to probably look to take two tight ends in this class. Yeah, you can check out my full thoughts on the scouting report I put up on Mason Brew last week after he committed. Um, but basically, he's just so long. He gives such a huge target for the quarterback to hit, which I think is going to be uh, really effective. He's he's more of a flex tight end guy. You're going to split out wide um, instead of like you know an in in inline guy that'll you're expecting to block more often. Um, you can kind of see the quarter his quarterback in high school. We'll just put it up there, throw the ball high, what I think is on purpose. Um, maybe I'm giving him too much credit, but I think he kind of puts it up where he knows Hanson can come down and get it, and only Hanson can. And that kind of reminds me of uh, what Michigan had in Jake Butt uh, a couple years ago. That kind of was his game too. He just has, because of his length and athleticism, he can come down with balls that guys that are usually covering a tight end, be it a linebacker or a slot corner or someone like that can't really uh, reach usually. So I think that's going to be his big uh, biggest asset at Michigan, uh, kind of being more towards the receiving end of the, the tight end spectrum. Yeah, more than likely. And it was a tag-teamed effort to get him to commit to Michigan. Uh, it was led by Sharon Moore, tight ends coach. But Don Brown, you know, with, with him being a Northeast kid, Don Brown uh, dipped his feet into the pool, so to speak, to uh, lend his uh, services to try and get him to commit. And that's that's Don Brown territory is Massachusetts and, and that area of the country. So uh, being able to reel him in, get one tight end already committed to the class, uh, pretty good work by Moore and Brown to get him locked in early. Uh, I certainly didn't anticipate this many kids committing, uh, you know, whether it be to Michigan or not, because there have been a few other kids that have committed uh, during this lockdown, if you want to consider it lockdown. But uh, Lewis Hansen committing, I, I think this is a pretty good pickup. I, like you said, I, I I read your scouting report, and you know, I, what he brings to the table is versatility, like you had mentioned. It, it, he's a very versatile prospect, uh, and, and you kind of need that out of a tight end, uh, in in this new offense that Michigan is establishing here with Josh Gaddis, you need him to be able to block. And uh, you saw that out of Eric All as a true freshman last year, too. And I think that's something that Lewis Hansen would be able to bring to the table his freshman season as well, is just being able to get in there and block in the run game and uh, split out wide, uh, be that flex tight end that they're really asking these kids to be now uh, on Michigan. So I, I think he brings a lot to the table. I really like him as a prospect. I think this is a good pickup. Uh, Michigan is not going to be done recruiting tight end. Uh, we'll get to uh, one of the other prospects that uh, released his top list later. Um, but they're going to be going all in on probably one guy, uh, Thomas Fedone, who is uh, out in Iowa. Uh, but uh, 
Michigan being on his top list, I would imagine that uh, Sharon Moore and those guys go all in on him and uh, maybe a few others. But certainly a, a welcome addition to Michigan uh, with the first tight end in the 2021 class. Uh, really the first uh, true weapon in this class for uh, J.J. McCarthy to be able to throw to. Pretty much everybody else has been uh, on uh, the offensive or defensive line at this point. But you got your first big playmaker uh, locked into the 2021 class. I, I really like him. I know you really like him and a, a lot of the, the scouting uh, folks over at 24-7 and and uh, rivals, all those those guys seem to like him a lot too. Uh, but this this one that really really threw a monkey wrench in everything, John. And it did, I don't want to cut you off here, but did you have any other thoughts on uh, Hanson before we move on? Uh, nope, I don't think so. Okay, with with this commitment from Casey Finney, this this linebacker from uh, Dedham, Massachusetts, really came out of nowhere, and uh, it was not a guy that I had heard of before he committed. It was, uh, it, it's funny. I, I was, uh, I was working from home for my day job and I saw that the, uh, Maze and Brew slack was just, uh, lighting up with, uh, w- with this news that Casey Finney had committed. And I s- thought to myself, who the hell is Casey Finney? I've never heard of this guy. Had to look him up. He's a, a six foot one, 225 pound linebacker from Massachusetts. Like I said earlier, he's a thousand and two on uh, the 24-7 composite rankings, the 40th overall inside linebacker. Uh, so he, if you look at his offer list, it was Michigan and a bunch of, uh, you know, big-time schools academically-wise. Uh, you had, you know, Georgetown, the University of Pennsylvania, uh, Princeton, Yale, places like that. So obviously not a ton of football being played at those schools, but uh I, I guess Don Brown and whoever was recruiting him I, at this point, I don't even really know who was leading the charge. I would imagine Don Brown, since this is his defense and Gene uh, Marie isn't recruiting the area that uh, Casey Finney is from. So I would anticipate this being more so a, a, a Don Brown recruitment, but, uh, but yeah, certainly an interesting pickup here. I, I still don't really know a ton about him, John, uh, but all I know, I, I actually do kind of like this kid's attitude because he tweeted out a couple days ago that uh, he, he was thankful for the Michigan faithful for the support on his commitment and an even bigger thank you to the doubters. Can't wait to prove you all wrong. Go blue is what he had tweeted just a couple days ago. So I like the attitude. I like the underdog mentality. I really hope that uh, this pans out and I hope he ends up being a good player at uh, the University of Michigan. It would be uh, interesting to see that all unfold. Of course, we've seen lower-ranked recruits succeed at Michigan before. Uh, you know, the Glasgow brothers being a, a good example, and Ronnie Bell being one of the more recent examples as well. So maybe he can uh, be the next uh, underdog recruit that ends up killing it at Michigan. Who knows? But, but John, what what were your first uh, initial reactions when you had heard this, and and have you looked at any tape of him? And if so, what do you like out of him? Yeah, I kind of had the same experience as you. I kind of I woke up and saw that he had already committed and you know the first thing I saw was three-star linebacker and I was thinking it was Kobe King the the Michigan the Cass Tech kid. Um I thought he had committed because they were just putting out their top list, but it turned out to be Finney who I was I knew the name because I put together that offer board. Um but you know, he's 
he's one of the lower ranked guys on that board. He's offered over two years ago um, when he was a freshman, uh, probably a guy that Don Brown saw and liked. Um, so yeah, he's, I didn't really know a lot before I dove into his tape a little bit. Um, brought up another scouting report for him that you can also find on the site right now. Um, he's he's kind of just the typical inside backer, thumper type of dude who's going to uh, be more of a run stuffer, kind of like a Cornell Wheeler they took in 2020. A um, little more of a throwback type, kind of the uh, – there's not a lot of concern – or not – any uh, confirmed 40-yard dash times out for him or anything like that. And I think the speed is going to be the biggest question mark for him if he's able to get sideline to sideline. And obviously that's kind of like the prototype that Michigan's been making its hay on lately with Devin Bush and Cam McGrone. Um, but Finney's mm-hmm. kind of the more instinctual guy in the middle who he's I think he's really good at disengaging, getting off blocks, finding the ball, and getting to it. He's very strong for uh, what he shows. Um, he's, he's already got good size. He'll probably – at a couple more pounds once he gets to the uh, to Michigan, but I think he's definitely a, a guy who's probably going to be limited by his athleticism. Uh, I I said that he's going to be more of a, a Sam type backer, but not the Josh Uche type Sam, more like the Noel Furbush type Sam, where he kind of goes. His job is to run in the line, take up as many blockers as possible, and kind of clear the way for the Mike and Will like uh, guys to find the ball and get uh, into the backfield. Um, and if not, he can also play fullback. He plays running back for his high school team. Um, he's got pretty good feet and balance uh, for a kid his size. He's pretty big for a running back. And uh, so I think if not, he could be a Ben Mason H-back type guy who uh, maybe cracks a couple of heads on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, if that's the case, I I, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to bash a kid ever for – for being able to commit to a, a big time school like that. But when, when I see these things happen and, and, and a scholarship offer is, is, is taken up a scholarship slot, I should say is taken up by a kid. That's going to be a, a potentially a Ben Mason where you don't really have a fit for him in the scheme anymore. They lined him up as defensive tackle last year for all of three or four games. Cause it didn't work out. And then you barely saw him on the field after that. And you'd only bring him in the block. I just feel like you don't really need to use a scholarship slot for a player like that. You could just have pretty much any any type of player on the team be able to do that. And, you know, it, and it does go a long way, the blocking and aspects of the game like that. But I just don't really see uh, that taking up a scholarship slot. I think you, you want to go after the better prospects in America and, and quite clearly uh, – him being ranked a thousand and two, the evaluators don't really see that out of him. And uh, it, with you saying speed being a, a potential detriment to the game, I, I think that at the linebacker spot, especially at Michigan, where you're blitzing all the time and you're sending pressure to the quarterback uh, more often than not, you're going to need your linebackers, especially to be real quick sideline to sideline, like Devin Bush, like Cam McGrone. Uh, like like these other guys that they've had uh, at Viper, Jabril Peppers, Khalid Hudson, these guys can get to the sideline to sideline real quick. And uh, if that's going to be a detriment to his game, I don't really see him being a, a, a very good scheme fit, quite honestly. But who knows? Uh, you know, I've been proven wrong before. I hope I'm wrong with this kid, too. I'm going to be rooting for him. Uh, but I just I find this as a head scratcher for for him to be uh, a take so early on in the cycle when you're going after other guys 
that uh, would probably a better be a better scheme fit and uh, probably be able to contribute more quickly to the team. Yeah, I think uh, so you kind of just uh, rehash the same conversation we had last week with Dominic Giduce. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think we did too. And yeah, I think even more with linebacker, it's kind of just confusing because I thought it seemed like Michigan was trending upwards with a couple of you know higher uh, yeah. guys like well, Junior Colson, uh, Junior Colson Turner commitment. Um, you know Aaron Willis, the guy from St. Francis Academy, that's picked up. Uh, kind of out of the blue, um, you know, you'd think Michigan would be in on a guy where they took three, almost four kids out of last year. Um, but uh, apparently they weren't talking to him a while for a while, but then he puts them in his top seven list. And now Michigan's yep. picking things back up there. So it's kind of like if you're, if you're kind of getting a spark with these other guys, uh, why, why feel the need to take the commitment right now? That's kind of where I'm at, too. Yeah, I mean, like you had mentioned, uh, tons of linebackers that Michigan could be in on on this class. Uh, and, yeah, it's 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 just a head-scratcher, This being this early in the cycle is all. If you want to do it way later when you're trying to fill a roster spot, that's totally fine. I get it. Not a problem at that point. If you, if you swing and miss on a Junior Colson or a Dallas Turner or whoever it may be, yeah, go ahead. But, I mean, they're still in it for these big-time linebackers. I just... I just look at it, I, I kind of shrug my shoulders, and I, I move on. So that's kind of where I'm at here. Like I said, though, I'm, I'm going to be rooting for them. I root for all these kids that commit to Michigan uh, because they they have a uh, you know a, a love and a passion for the school as, uh, as much as us fans do. So I'm going to be rooting for him. I, I hope he does well. I hope he is a, a, a good scholar, and I hope he is a, a good football player. So we will certainly see here in a couple of years when he gets on campus. Um, moving on yeah. though, hey, we'll talk real quick. Oh, did, did you want to finish I, off? I wanted to add one more possible benefit of Finney committing is that he's teammates with Drew Kendall. The yes. Top, uh, he's like, I think 110th or something in the country. He's the number six guard. Uh, Michigan's been after him for a while. They're really good buddies. Um, Finney said that he's already started recruiting Kendall and Kendall said that um, he's definitely it's, it's definitely helping Michigan's case because I think they're pretty good friends. Um, right now, it's really like Boston College has the crystal balls because Kendall's dad played football there. He was a really good uh, offensive lineman in the NFL for a long time. So you'd think uh, without too many other – Penn State's making a little bit of a push, but without too many other schools besides Boston College going after Kendall, um, I think it would be pretty easy for Michigan to come in there and kind of try to uh, steal him away from the legacy. Yeah, he is a pretty big-time prospect. They've been going after him for a while, Ed Warner has, uh, and Jim Harbaugh has as well. So, I mean, he would definitely be a uh, pretty good addition to the offensive line group. They've already got El Hadi as a, a top 100 guy, and then Greg Crippen as uh, a fringe top 200, another four-star who can play either center or either guard spot. And I would imagine that Kendall would probably be thrown into that same category with Crippen where he could either play left guard, right guard, or center. They'd probably just figure it out when they get on campus. So I think that would be a pretty good uh, pickup if they were able to get Kendall. And if uh, if it comes with, with the, uh, the, the case that uh, Finney ends up taking up a scholarship uh, a scholarship slot uh, to to get him to commit. I mean, maybe it'll be worth it at the end of the day. Who knows? But um, but yeah, certainly interesting that that those two are teammates. So 
we will uh, certainly see how all that plays out if it uh, works in the Wolverines' favor. But uh, but real quick, we'll just talk uh, just for a sec about this uh, kicker punter that also committed. Tommy Doman, he committed also on uh, April the 2nd. He is uh, listed as a punter on 24-7, but he does both uh, kicking and punting. I would imagine that he'd probably just work it all out when he gets on campus and you know maybe kind of does like a Kenny Allen thing and does both that would be kind of cool but um but I I I, from what I saw he's got a hell of a leg I mean he he boots the ball whether it be you know kicking field goals or or punting away he he can he can really get into it but he he had some uh some other pretty good offers quite honestly he had Offer from Washington State, offer from uh, Boston College, and of course the other schools like uh, Air Force, Army, uh, Navy, places like that. But had a few pretty decent offers for being a, a specialist and uh, ended up committing to Michigan, and, and that's where he's going to be playing his ball. So pretty good pickup. Uh, they were going to need another specialist here after, uh, I don't believe they took one in the 2020 class, so they were going to uh, have to take one in this class more than likely. So uh, they got theirs uh, with, uh, with Tommy Doman. Yeah. Uh, top five guy, basically according to all the, the kicker rating sites out there. Um, yeah. Like you said, good offers. You just have to keep in mind that not everyone like offers isn't the best, uh, you know, way to determine how good a specialist is. Cause a lot of teams won't give off like full scholarship offers to their specialists every year. Like, Michigan will do one every couple of years, probably. So it looks like he can step in when uh, Jake Moody's a senior and then uh, kind of maybe take over punting then and let uh, Moody do kickoffs and and uh, field goal kicking since that's kind of his specialty. And then, yeah, like you said, he could be a Kenny Allen type guy who does all three phases of the game. But, you know, who knows with college kickers, they're all over the place. Alabama gets the number one kicker and he – shanks field goals all the time so yeah <laughs> kind of a crash more than other positions but you know it's always a good place to start when it's a top five guy in the country this is very true this is very true you can't really predict how uh high school kickers are are gonna pan out in college and and the same with college to the nfl i mean it, it is a big time transition to each level of uh of the game i mean you would you would see all these kickers at Florida state that would just be so money all the time. And then they'd go right to the NFL. And, and I can't remember the guy's name, but he was drafted like the second round a few years ago yeah, it was, from Florida state and uh, flamed out completely. Uh, yeah, Robert, so, uh, Roberto Aguayo. Yes. That's Roberto a, Aguayo. Yeah. How could I forget a legendary name like that? Roberto Aguayo. I love that. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, you, you can't just predict stuff like this. So, Definitely hoping for the best for him, hoping for the best for all these kids uh, that committed to Michigan. And, uh, you know, hopefully we get some uh, some more commits soon so we can uh, keep talking about this. I, I like being able to talk about kids who uh, who commit, especially during a time like this. We need stuff like this uh, more often for sure. So uh, definitely uh, wishing all of them the best of luck. And uh, we'll talk about some other kids coming up here. Uh, both football and basketball, but we are going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Stick around for more Future Brew. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
We all carry around different stressors in life, whether they be big, small, or anywhere in between. And when we keep those bottled up, it can start to affect us in a negative way. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched up with a licensed therapist, and if for some reason that therapist isn't working out for you, you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Get life's challenges off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Block M to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Block M. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And we are back. We are going to finish up our podcast today with a little bit of football and a little bit of basketball. But uh, let's start with basketball, John. Uh, it, it seems like a commitment is uh, pretty imminent here uh, for Josh Christopher, five-star guard from California. It has been a long time coming. Uh, it, it seems like it, the time is coming soon. Uh, our, our good friend, Anthony Wright, on... Uh, on Twitter, Ant Wright, as uh, you might know him on Twitter. He said that uh, a, a decision is coming for Josh Christopher. A decision will be coming next Monday. And uh, it seems like, uh, it, according to him at least, is a two-team race between Michigan and Arizona State. And uh, Arizona State is where his brother plays college ball. So, John, uh, it's it seems like this should have been wrapped up a while ago. Uh, quite honestly, I thought that this would have been done about a month ago. And uh, that just didn't happen. He didn't end up committing. Things happen. And then COVID-19 strikes and screws everything up. And he kind of goes on a, uh, a tweet rampage with uh, new top lists and new graphics. And a graphic saying that he's committed to all four of his top four schools. And then he turns his top four into a top five and includes USC. So, I mean, his commitment or his recruitment, I should say, has kind of been a little all over the place. But uh, at this juncture, at least according to Anthony Wright, it looks like it's going to be either Michigan or Arizona State. Uh, how are you feeling about this, John? What do you think uh, he ends up doing next Monday, if he even commits at all? Yeah, I, yeah, I think any commitment announcement should be taken with a grain of salt with Josh Christopher, even though if it's reported by an independent third party because of how much uh, he's kind of tried to game the play games on Twitter and stuff with his commitment and stuff. He likes to have fun about it. Uh, but if it does end up happening Monday, I still think it's Michigan. The last I heard, he doesn't, his parents uh, wasn't, weren't too happy with the Arizona state coaching staff and playing his uh, older brother and uh, how the Arizona state head coach kind of interacts with his players I think John Howard kind of blows every other coach out of the water with how he, you know, uh, acts towards his players and treats them 
uh, like men and things like that. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, I think that'll be big. Um, I'm not, I think Christopher has been saying for a while that he was planning to commit sometime in the spring. He was going to do it after his like high school basketball season ended, but then they got knocked out early and then the pandemic happened. So that kind of screwed things up, I think for him. So April 13th does kind of seem right for me that, uh, you know, based on what he's been saying for a little bit. Um, but yeah, you always, when you, when you're supposedly leading for guys for this long, it's always kind of makes you nervous. You think that like on the football side with like Caleb Tiernan, Michigan was leading forever, had all the crystal balls. And then you just kind of wonder why haven't you committed yet? And so there's always that in the back of your mind. But if there's a firm commitment date set, uh, I think everyone's just going to have to kind of hunker down for the next week and hope that nothing changes in that time. It would be pretty interesting, quite honestly, if he ends up doing it on Monday, because the initial signing period uh, for the class who didn't sign previously, like Zeb Jackson, um, starts on April 15th, which is Wednesday. Um, so it would be pretty interesting, in my opinion, at least, that uh, he would send out a, a commitment on a Monday and then end up signing on a Wednesday. I feel like you might as well just wait the extra two days at that point and just do it all at once. Say, hey, I verbally commit here, and now I'm going to sign on the dotted line. Um, at least that's how it's usually done. But um, <laughs> Josh hasn't really done uh, most things uh, the normal way. Uh, for for recruiting in uh in his time so he, he enjoys the spotlight we'll give him that hopefully he can uh present uh you know some big time spotlight moments at michigan if he ends up committing to michigan next monday um we'll be definitely keeping our eyes and ears peeled on that one uh he has been a prospect that Jawan howard has been Wanting for a long time, and uh, with David DeJulius on the move, he announced uh, he was going to be transferring uh, somewhere. He was going to enter the transfer portal. You would hope that uh, Christopher ends up committing at some point to uh, to fill that vacancy. So that is it for basketball for today. We will uh, move on here to the rest of our football talk. And uh, Michigan has been included in a couple more top lists. You alluded to one earlier, John. I also alluded to one earlier. Uh, but let's start with one that was more of a recent drop, and that was Raheem Anderson, who is an in-state kid. He dropped his top 11. Of course, he is uh, an offensive lineman from Cass Tech. He dropped his top 11, and Michigan is firmly on that list right alongside Michigan State, Georgia, LSU, Kentucky, Nebraska, Purdue. Pitt, Louisville, and Arkansas, and uh, a pretty pretty good list here. Um, it, it appears that Michigan is still going after him, even though they got Crippen. Um, you know, maybe maybe they're looking to take. Uh, they, I mean, it, at this point, John, it, it seems like they're looking to take all the interior offensive linemen at this point. Um, you know, with Caleb Tiernan going elsewhere now, uh, they really. You know, David Davikov, of course, is probably the the big target left for tackle, and it seems like they got a lot of targets left on the interior, which is uh, pretty interesting to me. But still going after him, and uh, definitely would would be a good addition uh, to the offensive line group if they're not able to get a guy like we talked about earlier, Drew Kendall, on board. Yeah, it's 
the interior line board is kind of shifting a lot. It seems like it kind of it looked like it was one or the other between Crippen or Anderson for a while, but then uh, Crippen commits and the the staff is still uh, in contact with Raheem Anderson there. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that I don't know if Michigan leads for Anderson. I I think they would they would still have to push a little bit hard to get Anderson, and I think he would commit if they really, really wanted him, but I think they may wait to see what guys like Kendall and Spindler do before then um, because I know I know they at least want Kendall to be able to cross-train at guard and center. I don't know about Spindler since he's more of a guard-tackle type, um, but right now it seems I think Purdue is in a good spot for Anderson. Kentucky's always done really well with these Michigan kids. It's kind of second-tier guys. Um, Michigan State probably could uh, – make a good push with their new coaching staff there. Like they've been doing with some in-state guys. So um, yeah, then there's like a school like Georgia who just kind of came in recently and gave him an offer. That's a pretty new uh, guy or new offer to, to him. Uh, so he's probably going to try to check them out as well. So it, it's probably still a little ways to go for Anderson. Uh, there's pr- uh, more dominoes to fall. I think before we can get more clarity on how, uh, on what, and how the staff views Anderson. Yeah, I was going to say before you brought him up, don't forget about Rocco Spindler being on the interior board as well. So more, more looking like a guard for him. I don't think he would he would play center uh, in college, but you never know. Um, another list that Michigan made uh, this past week: Marcus Allen, who is a uh, wide receiver, three-star guy from Clayton, Ohio. He's listed as six foot two. 190 got a couple crystal balls from Michigan already and uh, you you can kind of just tell the way that they're going after wide receivers in this class they they were wanting more of the taller lengthier guys who can uh, uh, spread spread out the field a little bit they got a lot of the shifty speedy guys in the last recruiting class and uh, with him being six foot two I I would say that Allen is is probably right around the frame that they want out of uh, a couple receivers, him being probably one of the top targets uh, on their board, uh, you would anticipate uh, in this class. Uh, I know Josh Gaddis really likes him a lot. Uh, they're going they're They're talking semi-frequently. And uh, you would imagine that him and Andrew Anthony are probably uh, the top two guys uh, at this moment. I, I know that they're going after a few higher ranked four-star guys, but I don't know how high on the board they are or how interested they are in Michigan. I know Anthony and Allen are both real interested in Michigan, but Allen dropped his top list, included Michigan, Michigan State, West Virginia, Iowa State, uh, Boston College, Purdue, Kentucky, and Indiana. So uh, quite a few of the same schools on here that uh, Raheem Anderson put on his and uh, I would imagine that, uh, I mean, just looking at his top list, uh, Michigan's probably the one that stands out. I mean, he puts Michigan right at the top, too, right above Michigan State and West Virginia and these other schools. So uh, take that as you want. But uh, I, I think Michigan's got a pretty good shot here. Yeah, I think uh, they really like Allen a lot. I like him, too, after I put up a piece about the scouting some wide receivers that uh, Michigan was going after the lengthier guys like uh, you were talking about that they want in this class. I think Allen was my favorite out of uh, between him and Hal Presley and J.J. Jones. He just 
looks mm-hmm. the most athletic and natural in his motions. Um, he's a good jump ball guy. He can go up and high point the ball. Um, I I think he's he'd probably run the fastest out of all of them too. Although I think JJ Jones is a, a track guy, so he may have him beat there. But I, I like him a lot. He's from Ohio. Goes to the same school that Gabe Newberg went to, and he's also teammates with Rod Moore, a uh, safety that's also considering Michigan pretty highly and would probably be a take uh, if he wanted to commit today. So I think uh, Michigan's making a strong push at that school. Uh, they could also get C.J. Hicks, a 2022 guy from there, uh, who's an athlete. Uh, but back to Allen, he's I think he's uh, want he's he's pretty enamored with Michigan right now. Um, there's there's more he kind of had the chip on his shoulder stuff too like Finney said after he got crystal balls to Michigan and people were kind of uh, gabbing about him uh, he was posting stuff about uh, wanting to prove the doubters wrong and everything like that and I think he has a pretty good mm-hmm. shot too because I really like how he plays guy that you had mentioned earlier that uh, he included Michigan on his top seven list which was quite a surprise to a lot of people who follow recruiting is Aaron Willis, four-star linebacker from St. Francis Academy, which Michigan is uh, pretty familiar with that, with that high school Uh, top seven for him, including Michigan, Texas, LSU, Alabama, Tennessee, Maryland, and Arizona state. So they've got some pretty stiff competition there, but uh, Alabama's got one crystal ball for Willis as of right now. Uh, He's a six foot linebacker, uh, 200 pounds, ranked 110th on the composite as of uh, this recording. Uh, definitely surprised to see Michigan here. I hadn't heard any rumblings about Michigan even talking with him at this point, but uh, after he put Michigan in his top seven, it, it, it appears that Michigan's been doing some pretty good work on him as of, as of recent. Yeah, I think, I don't know what made him circle back. Maybe they saw that he was kind of opening up to other schools or indicated that he wanted to go back to Michigan, uh, remain in contact with them. Maybe Osmond Savage and Nikai Hill Green are going after him and Blake Corum. Who knows? But I think it's for Michigan's benefit. He's right outside the top 100. Um, Alabama's still lurking there. They have, they've had a crystal ball for a long time in for them, which kind of, which um, I don't know how accurate that is now since it's been in there for a while. But Alabama certainly also had success with St. Francis Academy. You look at Yabi Anoma. They took Shane yeah. Lee and Biff Braswell um, in the past couple of cycles, too. So I think Biff Pogey definitely likes Alabama along with Michigan. So if it ends up being a battle between those two, uh, you know, it's going to be hard to beat Alabama there. But uh, Michigan landed two linebackers from the same school last cycle. So who knows? And Michigan also made the top 10 list for another St. Francis linebacker today and uh, Jamon Johnson, who uh, I it totally slipped through the cracks on my offer board i didn't have him on there until today when i realized that he had an offer for michigan i should assume everyone from that school has an offer for Michigan. <laughs> yeah but yeah he's another solid four-star guy um that maybe he's another person that kind of uh ticks up on the linebacker board yeah michigan loves their their kids over at uh, st francis academy and you, you can't go wrong when you've got uh an alumni as a coach over there. So no, those are the kids that you definitely want at linebacker. Those uh, bigger bulkier, but yet still got speed kind of guys. And uh, those two guys definitely bring it for sure. Um, So no, good, good that Michigan is picking up the pace with uh, these big time prospects. Um, But one kid that uh, did not include Michigan 
in uh, his top list, and I kind of alluded to this earlier when we were talking about Lewis Hansen, is uh, Brock Bowers. He's a uh, tight end uh, out of California, fringe top 100 guy. Uh, he put out his top list and uh, included Georgia, Oregon, Oregon State, Washington, UCLA, Cal, Penn State, and Notre Dame rounding out the top eight. So certainly interesting that Michigan didn't make the top list. Um, the way it sounded was that he wanted to stay out West, but then he puts out some schools like Penn State and Notre Dame. It kind of makes you scratch your head a little bit there. I saw that uh, Georgia today. Yeah, I was just about to say I saw oh, that. He, no, no, you're good. I saw that he picked up a, a Georgia crystal ball earlier, which is really interesting because once he dropped the top list, I would have imagined hey, he's probably going to stay out west, go somewhere, maybe Washington, maybe Oregon, one of the schools that he could actually get some good competition at. Um, but yeah, Georgia crystal ball. Um, I mean, they've they've not really done all that great with the tight end position so kind of makes me scratch my head a little bit here uh where a school like michigan they've they've developed tight ends quite well and uh they definitely utilize the tight end position uh like a few other schools on his list i've seen oregon state on a top eight list for a a fringe top 100 player is kind of funny too i just uh you don't see that happen very often um so uh, good for the beavers to uh, get on this top list. That's probably about as far as they're going to go. But uh, no, I mean, this this is a, a pretty decent loss, I'd say. Michigan's still in it for a few other uh, top tight ends in this class. But this was a guy that I really like. I, I think he's going to be a real good player in college. Real good athlete. Um, you know, this, this is just something that Michigan's going to have to uh, look past and move on from real quick. And uh, it, like I had mentioned earlier, Thomas Fedone's probably their top target now. Uh, he's probably been their top target all along, quite honestly. But still got a few guys left on the board to try and go get that second tight end that they're looking after uh, in this uh, 2021 class. So we'll uh, we'll see how this all plays out. But uh, Brock Bowers leaving Michigan out of his top eight. Yeah, you have to think the Lewis Hansen. Uh, Lewis Hansen. Uh, commit had to have something to do with that. Um, probably didn't want to be in a class of two highly rated tight ends like that. Um, I do think Michigan's still going to go after another tight end of the class. Thomas Fedone's the the prize that they want, um, but that's going to be a tough pull. Probably harder with Hanson right now. Um, so yeah, they're going to probably circle back in guys like Maliki Matavo, Mataveo, or uh, Michael Trigg from Florida. Um, but I could also see them going after a kind of under the radar, low, more Midwest guy like Ryan Horstcamp, who, uh, who I think is out of Missouri. Um, he doesn't have an offer yet, but if they need a wanted guy to pair with Hanson, I could see him getting it, or maybe they push hard for Jack Pugh. That's who I would kind of hope that they go after because he seems the most reasonable to get right now. Um, although he seems to be trending towards Wisconsin, but I think uh, the fact that a couple – Wisconsin crystal balls came in right after Hanson committed to Michigan showed me or to me seemed like Michigan was the school that was giving him the most pause. And now that they had their guy, he kind of moved on to Wisconsin. So if they want to go after him, I think that would be, that would be my strategy. Yeah. I think it's kind of tough for, for a uh, program to get two uh, four star or higher guys at the tight end spot. It's just one of those positions that, 
I mean, Michigan uses tight ends quite a bit. Don't get me wrong, but it's kind of like taking two high, high ranked quarterbacks. Uh, you're, you're really only probably going to see one of those guys uh, at tight end, um, you know, right off the bat. And uh, e- even a guy like Eric all last year who did play in pretty much every single game, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh still didn't really make a splash catching the ball or anything along those lines. So I just think it would be a little tough to, to get two highly ranked tight ends. I'm, it's been done before. Don't get me wrong, but in today's day and age where kids like Bowers, I would imagine want to be the guy. I, I can't uh, certainly can't blame him for leaving Michigan off his top list. And, and he left a, a lot of real good schools off his top list as well. I mean, if you go look at his offer sheet, He had some real good offers from, I mean, Clemson had offered him and I think he had an LSU offer as well that he didn't put uh, uh, those schools on his top list, but included schools like Oregon State, UCLA, places like that. So I don't know if I had to take a guess, I would imagine he probably stays out West and uh, Michigan probably settles for, like you had kind of mentioned, a a guy under the radar that, uh, hell, maybe we don't even know who it is yet. Maybe they haven't offered the kid yet, but we'll just have to... uh, to wait and see but uh john any uh final thoughts uh before we uh, wrap up today uh no i think we covered a good amount here yeah i i won't bore you with a another pizza discussion maybe maybe next week <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll go into uh best hot dogs or something next week but it'll never uh... be boring don't worry <laughs> oh man you can follow me on twitter at uh, vaughn underscore lozon john where can they find you on twitter at Simmons underscore John. And uh, give Mason Brew a follow on Twitter at Mason Brew. And you can like Mason Brew on Facebook and Instagram, where uh, we're always posting stuff constantly, even during this COVID 19 pandemic. And uh, give our shows uh, a listen, all of our shows a listen and a subscription and, and rating. Uh, you can find all of our podcasts pretty much wherever you get your podcasts uh, at Apple iTunes, all that good stuff. So uh, we will be back next week. Perhaps we'll talk about something along the lines of Josh Christopher committing to Michigan. And uh, maybe we'll talk about something along the lines of Josh Christopher not even committing anywhere at all yet. Uh, It would not shock me. But either way, we'll be back next week regardless. For John Simmons, I am Vaughn Lozon. Stay safe, stay healthy, and go blue.